Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Doing great. We got cats in the house tonight. Yes, we do, man. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Titans in here. Don't go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? We're ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, yeah, yeah, guys? Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. Ready. This is free to hop bottom and exclusively available on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. Broadcasting from the Mercedes Man Cave. Jimmy Kimmel. I have to believe that Kobe right now is looking down from heaven and going, I am determined to learn to play Moonlight Sonata better than Alicia Keys. <laughs> this is the Dan Patrick Show. Welcome to the program. It's hour one, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We're not fully assembled as uh, Fritzy is out once again today. But McLovin is here, along with Seton, Holly, and yours truly. You can be part of the program in a variety of ways. You can dial us up, you can email, and you can also tweet. You can watch, if you'd like, on BR Live and also DirecTV, the audience channel. That's channel 239. Say good morning to our great radio affiliates, numbering 362 around the country. Also, if you get around to it, go to our YouTube channel, our YouTube page. A lot of fun things on there. A lot of fun things coming up. Next week, Kobe Bryant's memorial service was as profound and touching as it was heartbreaking. The outpouring of emotion from Kobe's wife, Vanessa, Michael Jordan, Shaq, and a lot of other luminaries. It was a reminder of what an incredible life Kobe Bryant led and what a promising life was lost in his daughter, Gigi. Interesting that the message on Monday was really not about Kobe Bryant, the basketball player. It and we all know about the five rings. We know about all the accolades. It was really about relationships. It was about a father and daughter. It was about love. And the memorial service was one of those moments that transcends whatever is up on a scoreboard. It's always going to be there. That's what sports do. That's, they're at their best when they show how tightly we are as a community or as a team or teammates. And you look at all the murals that have sprung up through Southern California. You know, wins and losses have their places. They'll always have their places. And they were certainly a big deal to Kobe. We know that. He was as competitive as anybody I've ever been around. But after the games are over, really, what's it all about? It's not about who won, who lost. It's about treating each other well that really matters. And I think that was the overriding message there yesterday. And it, it kind of turned into a roast yesterday, which I was glad from the standpoint of I, I needed a little humor there. You know, Vanessa Bryant, God love her. I mean, she was spectacular up there. I, I just, you know, I'm watching and I'm crying. And then you go, man, how can you get through that? How do you do that? Because everybody else was falling apart. Even Michael Jordan was falling apart. But Gino Oriema, Diana Taurasi, like there were so many great speeches. And even what was so impressive is the number of people there that didn't speak, but they were just there as a tribute to Kobe Bryant. And Shaq had a great story. Everybody, it felt like, had a story about Kobe Bryant. And it just, you know, you had your serious moments, but then you had those moments of just levity. Like you just wanted to laugh a little bit. 
And I can't imagine Jimmy Kimmel's role when, you know, Vanessa reaches out and says, Jimmy, would you host this? Like, that's one of those where you go, God, I don't know if I could do it. And then you're trying to capture it. He started crying right off the bat. Gino Oriema, right off the bat, where you're just going. And you're trying to process that of everybody's watching you. 20,000 are watching you. Who knows how many millions are watching you? And you want to get it right. You want to capture that moment correctly. You want to be respectful. And you're, you're telling a story because that's really what this moment was about. That yesterday was about telling stories. Whether it's Vanessa talking about Gigi, Michael Jordan talking about Kobe, you know, it was, it was, it, it got heavy. I, I had to turn it off and then turn it back on because I was like, wow, this is, this is roughing me up. And then, of course, I tuned back in and Shaq says this about uh, Kobe Bryant. The day Kobe gave my respect was the guys were complaining. I said, Shaq, Kobe's not passing the ball. I said, I'll talk to him. I said, Kobe, there's no I in team. And Kobe said, I know, but there's an in me in that. <laughs> so I went back and told Rick and, uh, and Big Shot Bob, I said, just get the rebound. He's not passing. <laughs> but Shaq could pull that joke off because in the moment, and you don't know where it's going, but you know that Shaq has a sense of humor, and he can say that. He has, he has the clout to say that in the building. And boy, do the room need that. Uh, here's Michael Jordan on crying. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crying meme for the next. I told my wife I wasn't going to do this because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. But that is what Kobe Bryant does to me. I'm pretty sure Vanessa and his friends all can say the same thing. He knows how to get to you in a way that affects you personally, even though if he's being a pain in the ass. But it, he always, you ever have a sense of love for him and the way that he can bring out the best in you. It humanized Jordan because Jordan is this mythological figure. You know, Jordan has become Babe Ruth where you just like, he's larger than life. He doesn't do interviews. And that was what I was curious about is how Jordan was going to approach this. And then when he got up there, you could tell Michael Jordan was just Mike. He was just there and had some things to say from his heart. Um, and then there was Vanessa, who had these things to say about Kobe. I couldn't see him as a celebrity, nor just an incredible basketball player. He was my sweet husband and the beautiful father of our children. He was mine. He was my everything. And then she had this to say. Kobe was the MVP of Girl Dads, or MVD. He never left the toilet seat up. <laughs> he always told the girls how beautiful and smart they are. He taught them how to be brave and how to keep pushing forward when things get tough. And then Diana Tarazi, who I love, and she got up there. and It turned into a roast where all of a sudden 
LeBron's getting some grief here. Her skill was undeniable at an early age. I mean, who has a turn away fadeaway jumper at 11? LeBron barely got it today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tarasi's awesome. She really is. She's awesome. It just, it was a special moment. Really was. It was, it was like the night the Lakers, and they waited a couple days. Remember that? They waited a couple days, and they said, good for them. Wait. Do it right. They did it right. They did it right yesterday. And then uh, here's Shaq talking about what he and Kobe were able to do. Kobe and I had a very complex relationship throughout the years. But not unlike another leadership duo, John Lennon and Paul McCartney, whose creative rivalry led to some of the greatest music of all time. Kobe and I pushed one another to play some of the greatest basketball of all time. And I am proud that no other team has accomplished what the three-peat Lakers have done since Shaq and the Kobe Lakers did it. Yeah, it was great. And uh, 20,000 people there. Uh, it was a long ceremony, but it was a memorable ceremony. And uh, and now we move on. Now we move on. At least you try to. This program brought to you by True Car. You can get the car you want, but you can get the price you want. You get a dealer online, and they will tell you the price that people paid for the car that you want. Search from over a million pre-owned vehicles with the new True Car. Buy smarter. Drive happier. McLovin, you got a poll question for me today. Sure do. Uh, right now, Joe Burrow is on the podium. We have a question related to Joe Burrow. If you were an NFL draft prospect, would you participate in the combine drills? Or as a question, would you even go to the combine? I would not. If I'm Joe Burrow, I would just say, look, I'm expecting to be, hoping to be drafted by the Bengals, and I'll have a pro day here, and uh, you guys can come to me. But I don't want to do 20 interviews. If I think I'm being drafted by the Bengals, my approach would be I'm being drafted by the Bengals, and I'll talk to them, but I'll have a pro day. You want to come and watch me work out with my tiny hands? Then, uh, you know, come to LSU or come to wherever his parents live, and that's what I would do. But I, if I'm a top-five player, then I, I would just say, look, I don't want to go there just to do the wonder lick, and it feels like it, it can only hurt you. I mean, what, what can help Joe Burrow at this point? Nothing. You know, he, how he interviews, that he's still going to be the number one pick. At least it appears that way. But he's speaking right now, and we're keeping an eye on what he's saying, because I don't know if the first thing that's asked is, Joe, let's just clear it up. Do you want to play for the Bengals? Because I'm going to guess Joe Burrow is going to say, we're doing our process, they're doing their process, and he's going to keep it vague again. We will have part of the interview, the audio from Joe Burrow after the break. Have you guys heard the comments? I, I have. Okay, well then don't spoil it no, for me. No, no spoilers. Okay. David? Yes, McLovin. There is a relevant to what you're saying. He won't throw uh, the combine, and Chase Young won't work out either. So that means the one and two pick are not, not yeah, going to participate. Yeah. The combine is really for the guys who's, who can move up the draft boards. You know, if you're a, a second, third, fourth, fifth round maybe you're just trying to get drafted, then the combine is awesome for you because then you're going to see somebody who's going to be a wonder lick, you know, phenomenon, a workout wonder. You're going to go, oh, my God, did you see the athleticism on this guy? Remember the uh, defensive back for Connecticut a few years ago, Byron Jones? The jumper. Yes. People looked at Byron Jones and went, oh, my God, like you can't pass up on this guy. 
Yeah, in the club. Yeah, and then my Cincinnati Bengals saw John Ross's 4.2240 and said the same thing, took him in number nine, and it was b- bad news. Bad early. He did show signs of being great. Yeah, but every great play he makes, he has a drop right after. Yeah, I, I just don't know. And I remember watching him at Washington, and there's certain guys that you go, he's faster than everybody on the field. Justin Forsett, you, know, you just look and you go, that guy's faster than everybody else. Yes, McLean. What do you think of the storyline about Henry Ruggs uh, challenging the all-time record, the Alabama wide receiver of the 40? It's getting a lot of play. Do, do you care if he does it or not? Well, I, I just want to know if you can play. That, that's all. You don't get into those 40 stories where Dion ran a 419 and his bare feet, all that stuff. Like I feel like 40 is fun in a way. It is fun. It's a spectator sport, absolutely. I don't know how much it means. I, I didn't have to watch Dion run the 40 to know Dion was the fastest guy on the field whenever he was on the field. I didn't need to know that. Because Jerry Rice, at a 4-6, was not even anywhere near the fastest guy on the field. He was football fast, and there's a difference between track fast and football fast. Jerry Rice somehow, with that 4-6 speed, seemed to get open quite a few times in his career. Yes, McLovin. I think the meanest slow 40 of all time, though, remember Maurice Claret out of Ohio oh State? Right forward, and everybody photoshopped uh, an older person in a walker beating him in the 40. <laughs> but it's not true. It was photoshopped. I it was brutal. It was just a whole year of that. I remember we added some sound effects to Maurice Claret, where he would run, and then he would stop. Heavy breathing. And then he would be like, heavy breathing. And he'd be, and it, you would hear, like, he'd be running, and like you're running on cinders, and be, <laughs> Maurice Claret, though, football speed, different than just straight-ahead speed. Yes, Paul. I really love when really, really unathletic people make fun of oh. athletic people who are not as athletic as the best people. <laughs> like Maurice Clark could, could waste all three of us. Well, I, yes, McLeod. I think people were mad at Maurice Claret because people felt like he was wasting his talent by not following the rules. That's really – because he got in trouble at Ohio State, and he was such a great talent, but I felt like people were frustrated with him. By That's the way, why we made fun of him. By the way, we don't follow the redemption story. It's rare. Maurice Claret has really turned his life around. Really has. If you follow his social media page, he's really become a quite interesting man. He really has. Yeah, McLovin. Do you know what I'm saying, though? I felt like he could have been one of the all-time greats. Watching him as a freshman at Ohio State, I'm like, this can be one of the best running backs to ever come in the NFL. And yeah, just... I, I never got that feeling. I, yeah. I thought that it was a, a fascinating story where you have a local guy. I mean, it, he had a great team around him. But I didn't think he did one thing great. But I, th- I thought that he, when you needed him to do something, he was able to do something. But didn't he have the uh, national title game where – didn't he fumble and then take the ball back from the Miami Hurricanes? Yeah, he had a big uh, fumble recovery late, late in the game and uh, gave them another drive. Yeah. All right, uh, what other poll questions do you have, McLevin? Okay, well, I have an NBA poll that I can save, but based off our pre-show conversation, uh, because you said you had some things to say about the Milwaukee Bucks at some point. Okay. Slide. okay. But I'm going to save that poll for later. I'm going to put up the combine poll right now. If you were a top pick, would you participate in the combine? And then we'll play the Joe Burrow sound because I'm sure he answered all the questions. There's no doubt anymore about, he's still up there, about the Cincinnati Bengals. Hair looks great, hands look small.
He's hiding his hands behind a little Joe Burrow placard. He has them either under the table oh. or behind the placard. Smart move. See, this is where these football guys outsmart themselves. Uh, I don't know. I saw his hands. I don't know. Did anybody at any point this entire season go, eh, you know, he's throwing 60 touchdown passes. Seems to have small hands. Like, doesn't that sound like something Larry David would say on Curb Your Enthusiasm? pretty good, but does he have small hands? Seems like he's got small hands. Is it me or does he have small hands? Nobody said that. Pretty pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only invitation anyone does to Larry David. I can't do it either. Yeah, I just, this is where these football guys, you want to do something, say something, and you talk yourself into a, a, a prospect or out of a prospect. You know, DK Metcalf, I don't know. Seems too good to be true. And then he goes to the second round. Yeah, McClellan. That one was wild. Because he was in top ten of every mock draft. I know. I didn't understand that. But, uh, you know, maybe nagging injuries, and he never was dominating in college. But then you see him in the NFL, and then people have the same reaction. How did he go in the second round? Or people see, now I love the, the revisionist history where Jim Irsay of the Colts goes, you know, we were going to take Russell Wilson in the uh, fourth round. Yeah, but you didn't. Yeah, so I don't want to hear from you. Uh, you know, we were going to take him. Yeah, McLovin. Well, I love teams that claim brilliance on Russell. Even the Seahawks <laughs> passed on him for the first two rounds. It's I, know, thing. Like, I know, I know. Just stop with the post-brilliance. Uh, we are going to take Dak Prescott. We are going to take him in the fourth round. You didn't. Okay. Right. And did Jerry Jones want Connor Cook or somebody like Or Paxton Lynch or both of those guys? They wanted Connor Cook. And then the Raiders took Connor Cook. Jerry wanted Johnny Manziel. Like, he got Zach Martin. <laughs> they always tell you the ones that they, you know, we were going to. They never say, you know what, how stupid we were. We took da-da-da. All right, we'll take a break here. 18 after the hour. Did Joe Burrow... Put to rest all these rumors that maybe he doesn't want to go to the Bengals. Find out next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Once again, it's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. Geico.com. Feeling great. Yes, we do, man. Unbelievable, man. Titans. Go off, dude. We ready to do this stuff? Ready to rock, man. You ready to rock, man, guys? Ready to roll. Mike, you ready? Ready. This is free to hop box and exclusively available on Apple Podcast and Podcast One. We'll uh, wait a couple of minutes and then we'll bring back some of the comments that Joe Burrow had at the combine here moments ago. And I'm sure he was asked about the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay. If you if you are thinking you're going to the Bengals, then you just say what if you're Joe Burrow? You say, hey, 
If they take me number one, I'm honored to go to Cincinnati and play for the Bengals, and I hope that I can do what Andy Dalton was able to do and get this team to the playoffs, but then I hope I can do what Kenny Anderson and Boomer Esiason did and get this team to a Super Bowl. That's my goal. Wherever I play, I want to win, and if Cincinnati gives me the honor of being the number one overall pick, that's where I want to go. How's that? Sound okay? Yeah, you hit some history there. Yeah. Yeah, I touch now, on the fact that I know the Bengals. Now, that's if he would like to play for them. Yes. Now, if he doesn't want to play for them and somebody says, hey, Joe, why don't you just wrap this up and just say that, you know, do you want to play for the Bengals? Look, I'm a ball player. I play where I'm supposed to play. I want to play for whoever wants me, and uh, I'm going to do my process, and they're going to do their process. And if it just happens in April that the Cincinnati Bengals call my name, then uh, I'm ready to go because that's what I do. I go and I'm ready to play. How did I do with those answers with Joe Burrow? Did did he give one of those answers, McLevin? Um, well, I was going to say how you did. I think you did terrible because you're going to get drafted by the Bengals if you give those answers, and you're going <laughs> to you're going to suffer tremendously. Well, no, if I want to go to the Bengals, I say that. Well, your logic is flawed off the bat. Why? You want to go to the Bengals? Well. I still feel like he is holding out hope. <laughs> Maybe that's not the best way to go about it. Uh, here is Joe Burrow on playing for the Bengals. Yeah, I'm not going to not play. Uh, I'm a ball player. Whoever takes me, I'm going to go so well. Okay. Oh, he, he, didn't, he just said, yeah, I'm a ball player. He said, I'm not going to not play. Hey, not a hug. Like, that's, that's not a hug for the Bengals yet. And then uh, he had this to say about, I guess, how he his skills translate into the NFL. What's your concern level of in terms of where you go and how that actually shapes the future and trajectory of your entire career? Yeah, you know, I think with any quarterback, this is really important. Um, but you don't have a lot of say in that in draft. You know, they, whoever picks you, picks you, and you, you got to go play. Um, so I'm, I'm going to try to make whoever picks me work. I think that my skill set is really diverse and fit um, in a lot of different teams. So I'm going to try to be the best player I can, the best player I can for the rest Hey, just a heads up to the NFL people at the Combine. Can we make the audio a little bit better there? <laughs> I mean, it, it, it sounds like you're at a damn cocktail party. Uh, hey, Joe, hey, what's going on? They pick me. What? What the hell? Kind of a big deal if Joe Burrow's talking to the media here, I think. Yeah, Paul. He said my skill set could fit a lot of places. I know. I know. Open for business. I know. I know. Got to go through his process. <laughs> I thought this was interesting here. Um, so Joe Burrow talks today. And I guess he's not going to perform. He's not going to throw. He's not going to run. He's not going to do anything. Maybe he does the wonder lick. Maybe they put him in front of the whiteboard and have him uh, diagram plays. Keep in mind what I was told by a source. Really, what you want to do is get your hands on these players. You want to have your medical staff look at them, and you want to sit down and talk to them. You're curious about what they do on the whiteboard, where you, you stand up there, they give you a play, and they have you diagram it, tell you what's going on in that play. This was something that I found interesting. Peter King said that one team told him that if Joe Burrow had left LSU after the 2018 season, the team would have given him a fifth-round grade. So now he's going number one. 
Do you just say goodbye to the evidence of 2018, where he was a fifth-round pick at best? Now, this is one team, but I'd be curious where anybody had Joe Burrow had he left LSU after last season, because there's no no doubts about him this year, but that is the difference in what you're finding with these prospects. You don't have a large sample size. Joe Burrow, 2018, okay. Nobody was talking about him from the standpoint of, oh, my God, this guy's incredible. And he was average, right? Justin Fields at Ohio State. Now, he'll be back for next year. But imagine if he came out after this year. Then you would go, okay, not a big sample size there. Kyler Murray, not a big sample size. Baker Mayfield, not a big sample size here. Dwayne Haskins, not a big sample size. Daniel Jones, Mitchell Trubisky. You're not seeing, now we're going to have a whole lot of tape on Trevor Lawrence. You're going to know exactly what you're getting with Trevor Lawrence as opposed to some of these other players. Tua Tonga-Vailoa, we saw it. He beat out Jalen Hurts, played great, got hurt. Now we're not quite sure. Now that's all injuries because what I saw on the field, he can be my starting quarterback. His personality, he can be my starting quarterback. It's just the health portion of that that would make me a little nervous. Yeah, Paulie. Does anyone think, does, does Joe Burrow get any criticism for the new scheme that LSU had this year, the new passing coordinator? He went from 16 touchdowns in 13 games to 60 touchdowns in 15 games. I had a source who told me this. They decided to open it up for Joe and that Coach O trusted him because it felt like they were a little too constricting. And they decided to open it up, and you had all these great athletes, and they let Joe, you have a great running back, and they let Joe Burrow almost act like he's a professional quarterback. That was what I was told. Because I said, what's the biggest difference? And it was the offensive philosophy was different. They utilized Joe Burrow's skills. And that is, he's athletic, he can make every throw, and he was no moment was too big for him. Yeah, McLovin. It's almost like the system determines how good a quarterback performs. Well, you saw that with Oklahoma. Oh, I know. I know you're being snarky with well, the system quarterback. It sounds like we're in the system quarterback territory where you can almost hurt a guy's talent by having the wrong system. Well, let's find out what LSU does this year with that system now that Joe Burrow is not there. They lost one big receiver, but they have a couple coming back. So I would think that they could keep it going if they have this. Well, they lost Joe Brady, too. The coordinator. Joe Burrow was pretty special. He was pre- now, you got great athletes here. Well, you I, always talk about all the skill around him, too. Yes. I, I have not seen that much athleticism offensively and defensively in a long time. You might have to go back to a USC team where you just saw special, special talent. Both sides of the ball with LSU. Really? And same with Trevor Lawrence and Clemson, probably, too, right? I mean, a lot of quarterbacks could succeed on that team, could they? Uh, well, yeah, I'm sure they – yes, absolutely. Could they throw for 60 touchdowns? Could they have the greatest single season in college football history? Ohio State with Dwayne Haskins had some unbelievable wide receivers. Unbelievable. He threw 50 touchdowns. I know. I know. Who would you rather have, Dwayne Haskins or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Yeah. But Haskins definitely beat him out in spring ball or whatever. I know. And I'd be curious when he got injured, too. Oh, Burrow got hurt? I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, Paul. A little quarterback news, Dan, from Ian Rappaport. He's at the Combine. Now, this is about Cam Newton and the Panthers. What do you think this piece of news is? 
the Panthers, uh, I'm going to guess the Panthers are saying goodbye to Cam Newton. A lot can happen in the coming months, but as of now, the Panthers are moving forward with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback, sources say, according to Ian Rappaport. Wow. While his foot is healing well, it'll take several months to be game ready. The timeline that, uh, complicates any potential trades. Also, in the next month, they owe him a big chunk of change, and they'll be on the hook for him for next year. So as of right now, Ian Rapport reporting that they're staying with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. Yes, Steve. Those are the key words, though, aren't they? As of now. <laughs> totally. As of right now, we're planning on it, but uh, next week we're not. We have no plans. To... Later in the day. Correct. As of now. Yeah. Does yeah. that make you think more likely he'll be gone when you hear that he's staying? I, I, I love watching Cam Newton play, but if I'm rebuilding, then I'm not rebuilding with Cam Newton. That, that would be my approach. New coach, new offensive coordinator, new owner. I got McCaffrey. I got a high draft pick. Your Keekly retires. Olsen's in Seattle. I move on. If, if I feel like I can get something for Cam Newton, I move on. Yeah, McLeod. What's happening to our great free agent Bonanza quarterback storyline? It feels like it's disappearing by the day. Everybody's staying. I know. Brady's meeting well, with the Pats. Well, right I now. said that. That was probably what, you know, it'd be crazy if all of a sudden you go, wait, did anything happen? Uh, Phillip Rivers moved to Florida. Okay. Imagine if Jameis Winston stays with Tampa. Tom Brady stays with New England. Cam staying in Carolina. Dak stays in Dallas. Boring, 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 boring. <laughs> Drew Brees staying with a big bore, too. Yes. Like, come on, you got to make way for Taysom Hill. It's These are stories we wish for in the media. You want something to talk about. Yes, Eden. Well, that kind of goes right back to Joe Burrow. He said one of his sound bites was like, there was never any thought of me not wanting to go to the Bengals. That's something that the media made up and ran with. Mm. He's like, that never came from me or my side. That's Because mm. that's a that storyline is more fun. It is more fun, but... Of all of the players that I have interviewed when it came to going number one to a team, I can't remember somebody being this vague. And he was vague. That's all. If they take him, he wants to go there. When when your process and their process, you have no process. Yes. But even in his big declaration today, he still kind of jumbled the words. Well, I'm not not going to play. I know. He didn't really tell me he wants to go to the Bengals. He said, I'm a, I'm a ball player. No, go, he, he very clearly says, I'm going to play for the Bengals or whoever else takes me. Yeah. You can only be drafted by one. Right. Yeah. But I'm not not going to play for the Bengals or whoever else. Uh, here's more on Joe Burrow, on the noncommittal narrative surrounding him. I've been noncommittal because I don't know what's going to happen. They might not take me. They might fall in love with someone else. So they, you know, you guys kind of took that narrative and ran with it. But, um, <laughs> Okay, I guess I'm the one he's talking about. Yes, McLevin. I don't think it's you. I think it was the reaction to your interview that he's talking about. Oh, okay. Yeah, you didn't really run with the narrative. Everyone else did. Yeah, I might have. A little. We certainly jogged with it. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Might not run, but we were jogging. I can't run anymore. I was just. It might have been skipping. Yeah, Paul. How Bengalsish would it be if they didn't take him? Like, but by their choice, like. He said multiple times he and their his people and their people have not met about anything or talked about anything. How Bengals would it be if they take Tua and just stay there? Well, I wouldn't take Tua. I would say who wants Joe Burrow because I don't. I don't. I want to get something out of it. I want to give the perception that I, if you want Joe Burrow, you got to pay for this. And then if you decide to take Tua, if you get him, yes, uh, McLevin. 
I mean, actually, in a way, it would be un-Bengals like to take Tua. When have they ever had an exciting player? I mean, really, I love Andy Dalton, but he's not Mr. He's not like Tua, who's very exciting style-wise. So is Joe Burrow. No. Oh, my God. Tua runs around. Tua climbs the pocket like crazy. He's oh, always doing you. Things. Okay, Come here on. we go. Climbing you know the pocket. You know Tua is more exciting than Joe Burrow? Oh, here we go with the A-gap. Top off the defense. I'm just saying Tua is a lot more exciting than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow just drops back and throws touchdowns. Did, did you watch Joe Burrow at all in the uh, the two last, last two games? Yeah, of course. All he does is he'll run for a 40-yard table. Tua is so interesting to watch. First of all, he's lefty. I feel like two is way more. You're giving him more credit because he's left-handed. Yeah, well, yeah, but I'm not alone with that. We all. What do you think the Zion phenomenon's about? If Zion was a righty, you think we'd all be into it like this? Uh, I think because he can jump, not because he's left-handed. There is a there's an appeal to lefty athletes. There always has. But he's not he's not a stylistic left-hander. When, when I would no I'm uh, no Tua is, but Zion's not. Like Zion doesn't have Chris Mullins shot. Like, he doesn't have a good shot. There's nothing where you go, boy, that is pure. Like, left-handed batters, left-handed shooters, they felt like there was less effort. Like, Ken Griffey Jr. was like, wow, that is just effortless. Whereas it felt like a right-handed batter, it felt like it was more of an aggressive move there. Left-handed shooters, Gail Goodrich. Like, you see guys who just had a beautiful stroke. Even big man, Bob Lanier, had a beautiful stroke. Yeah, Paul. Off the top of your head, who would you say is more of a running quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa or Joe Burrow? Joe Burrow. Everyone agree with that? Well, McLovin doesn't. Tua, his last healthy season in 15 games, ran the ball 57 times, 57 times for 190 yards. Joe Burrow, 128 times for 400 yards. Yeah. Joe Burrow, to me, is as athletic as Tua. I mean, Tua is not a runner. Tua's it's just like Russell Wilson. He's not a runner. He just has escapability. He, he extends plays. Joe Burrow was, I mean, he made moves. Some of the biggest plays he had this past year were a couple of runs that he had. You know what I'm talking about, though, with the excitement of Tua. Like, there's something, it's fun to watch him. He just sort of moves around and does different things. I, you're not going to get me to say anything negative about Tua, but Burrow has swag to him, and it, it feels like he's just as athletic, if not more so, than Tua, in my opinion. From what I saw? Is he sneaky athletic or do you? No, I'm not even going there, sneaky (laughs) athletic. You know, for a white guy, no, he's just athletic. It's like I always got back to the, you know, they go, uh, you know, Andrew Luck is kind of sneaky athletic. I go, no, he's just as athletic, if not more so, than Cam Newton. And I think he was faster than Cam Newton. They're like, man, he he kind of, he can run a little bit. Meanwhile, Cam, you're like, well, he can really run. No, we get into these silly comps there, you know. It's the same thing you're doing with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is an athlete. He really is. Yeah, McClellan. Yeah, they're showing his highlights. Oh, my God. It's pretty straightforward. You're a hater. <laughs> no, he's an he's unbelievable quarterback, but it's not like – it's just like classic, awesome quarterback play, where it's, it's like – Tua's just different being short. He's kind of funny looking. It's like everything is unorthodox about Tua. I wouldn't feel – if you said is healthy, I'm fine going into battle against you if you have Joe Burrow. I'm okay with that. But I do understand this, and this is something that if you look at the success stories with some of these quarterbacks, Mahomes, who knows what Mahomes would be if he didn't go to Kansas City. Still a wonderful talent. Uh, if Dak Prescott doesn't end up with Dallas, who knows what Dak Prescott's doing right now. He's probably backing somebody up. Russell Wilson. Although I think Russ, you know, people 
probably misidentified his leadership qualities. Like that dude walks onto a field and he is confident, cocky. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Houston's a playoff team. Lamar Jackson, Baltimore is a playoff caliber team. Your success is really predicated in a lot of ways of how good is the team that I'm going to? Because Kyler Murray was unbelievable this year. In my opinion, I thought he he far exceeded what our expectations were because he played for a bad line, a new coach, and he, he still was dangerous. It's who you go and play for that matters a whole lot here with sustainability. Dak Prescott's probably not starting in the NFL if he doesn't go to the Dallas Cowboys. He's just not. He might be a Jameis Winston type of player. By the way, the price of poker with Dak Prescott is going up. I got a simple solution for the Cowboys. Have that for you coming up next. And our play of the day right after this. If you're looking to add some excitement, make BetDSI.com your betting partner. Use BetDSI's live betting platform where you can watch all the events and even bet all the games until the final whistle. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Why choose BetDSI? BetDSI has been paying winners for 20 years and is top rated on betting review sites. Use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash this week. BetDSI has a user-friendly interface and mobile site and has the fastest payouts in the industry. Simply play, win, and get paid. BetDSI offers betting options for everything. Bet on NFL, NBA, NHL, boxing, and all other major sports, politics, reality TV, esports, virtually everything. Try live betting at BetDSI, where you can bet on games from start to finish, every play, and every minute until the end. New members get a 100% bonus match using promo code DP101. That's double your money to start winning today. Once again, go to BetDSI and use promo code DP101 and get this limited time I'm 100% bonus offer to make some extra cash. It's only a game until you bet it. Bet DSI. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the support this podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Oh, my God. The play of the day. Check this out. All into the corner. with Sister Hall out to jump. Three-point shooter. and air ball over the rim. Rebound, Ionescu. And there you go. She started her own club. Ionescu, the 2000-1000-1000, started her club. And join it if you can. It may take you a while. That's your play of the day. Sabrina Ionescu uh, became the first player in uh, Division One college basketball history, both men and women, to have 2,000 points, 1,000 assists, and 1,000 rebounds. Not a bad day. That in the evening after, during the day, she spoke at Kobe's memorial ceremony. She finishes with a triple-double in the win against the, uh, I believe, the fourth-ranked Stanford Cardinal. Uh, that's the Oregon Ducks radio network. She'll probably be the number one pick in the WNBA draft. She has been the uh, triple-double machine and uh, set, I believe, the all-time record for college basketball men and women for triple-doubles. Uh, gentlemen, listen up. Tacovis has boots for you. They're handmade, full-grain leathers, world-class boot makers. Tacovis cuts out the middlemen and sells directly to you at amazing prices. 
Shipping, returns, exchanges are free and easy. Visit tacovas.com slash DP, Tacovas Western Goods for New Frontiers. You know, Oregon's got really exciting men's and women's basketball, certainly stars on the women's team, uh, Anescu, and uh, also my, my, my guy, Peyton Pritchard. So they uh, have some fun players there. Uh, Oregon, I don't know if Oregon is the number one team in college basketball or the team to beat. But uh, is Baylor still with Kim Mulkey? I believe they're number one team, feels like. And are the Oregon Ducks, the men's team, are they ranked after that win against Arizona? Oh, yeah. I think, uh, let's see, they Oregon is 14. Okay. And men, I'm finding out the women. Okay. Women should be either one or two. I think I got them, uh, I got them as three. Baylor's up there. South Carolina's up there. Ooh, Stanford, ooh. Louisville, UConn, Maryland. Yeah. Well, that would be tough sledding for them with uh, South Carolina and also Baylor. All right. Uh, I mentioned the Dallas Cowboys situation with what's going on with Dak Prescott. Actually, nothing is really going on with Dak Prescott, but it feels like Dak Prescott and the amount of money that he is going to want. If I'm the Dallas Cowboys, you have a team that's ready to win now. Because once you pay Dak, you're going to start losing some of these players. You're just not going to be able to keep everybody. This is going to happen to the Kansas City Chiefs. It happens to every team where they sign their quarterback to that second deal. I franchise Dak Prescott for the next two years. And it's nothing personal with Dak. I just go, this is business. You're taking a business approach. I'm going to take a business approach. You're going to make less than $30 million the next two years. Thir- you know, $28 million, $26 million, something like that. And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to bank on the next two years we can cash this in and get a Super Bowl. And by then, what is Jerry Jones? Is Jerry 78 years of age? He's looking to get that Super Bowl ring and get one more, and you're able to do this with Dak Prescott at an affordable rate for a quarterback. And then maybe you realize, is that what Mike McCarthy wants at at quarterback position? Because you bring in a coach who has experience, who's won a Super Bowl, who's been with a star quarterback, maybe doesn't like the running game as much, Does he make Dak Prescott better? And we're going to find out over the next two years, is he worth that long-time deal? That long, you know, five-year deal? Because by then, and then when do you sign that deal? Like if I'm Patrick Mahomes, I'm going, I'm going to wait till this collective bargaining agreement is solidified here. Is there more money for me here? Uh, You know, this 17th game, like I'd be curious about that as well. And if I'm Dak Prescott, I'm going, wait, I'm going to hold on here. But I would franchise him. I'd have no issues whatsoever. Do the do what Washington did to Kirk Cousins. And it worked out for Kirk Cousins. But they did it twice. And he got money. Minnesota came in and spent, you know, all that money on him. But I would, I'd, I'd still want to see what Dak Prescott's going to do with Mike McCarthy there. Make sure you got your guy who you're going to sign up for five years. And also, here's the other thing with Tom Brady. You know, with Tom Brady, I I feel like somebody, to get Tom Brady away from the Patriots is going to have to offer a three-year deal. I really really believe that. Brady still hasn't budged off 45. He's 42. What if the Raiders say, Tom, we'll give you three for 90. So we're going to guarantee three for 90. Now all of a sudden... I might have Tom Brady's attention because the Patriots and Brady are going to get together and start having some serious talks here. If they give a one plus 
or they only guarantee one, then you're giving Brady some some thought. Three years? If I'm Tom Brady, do I want to go one another one-year deal with an option? But if I'm the Raiders, I'd do this in a second. I, how much buzz would you get going into Vegas if all of a sudden you trot out Tom Brady in the silver and black? You can trade Derek Carr. I don't know what you get, but you're going to get some value there. Bring in Tom Brady. Take him away from the Patriots. I don't know. But with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott, I'd tag him. Absolutely. Would even give it second thought. Because I'd just say to his agent, hey, it's business. Podcast One has some exciting news. It's official. Our shows are now available on Spotify. And it's free. We want to make it super easy for you and your friends to listen to our podcast. And joining Spotify allows us to be in even more places for fans to find us. If you're already listening to music on Spotify, you can now listen to our podcasts in the same place. If you're not on Spotify yet, all you have to do is download the free app. That's right. No credit card necessary. And simply search for our shows to start listening. 